0: Warning. What you're about to hear is born of long years of deep friendship,
1: shared experience, brutal honesty, and the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. Please do not walk up to the first black or white person you know and start this sort of banter.
0: It
2: will not end well.
1: Welcome to Racial Heresy, the show where two Episcopal priests, one black, one white, attempt to violate the established racial doctrines of American culture and provoke you to do the same. Allow me to introduce Father Javelle Ballantine, a Holy Week walking, blacks with power casting, Luke Cage loving, priest, husband, father, friend, and all around good Negro.
2: And allow me to introduce my brother from another mother, Father Case Ramey, a God bless America chanting, gradualism appealing, hurrah! Marine American as apple pie eating, priest, husband, father, friend, and all around high quality cracker. How you doing, my brother?
1: I am blessed. I am blessed. It is tide, and I am having a great time.
2: Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Now, is white Jesus risen or is black Jesus risen? Like, which Jesus actually rose from the dead?
1: Well, t- 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 I'm, I just go by what I see, and what I see is a lot of blonde hair and blue eyes. So, hallelujah, he is risen Ooh, glory, indeed. Glory,
2: glory, glory! All praise, white Jesus! Oh, come now, come now! You know, it, you know, this is a this is a beautiful time to be recording and 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 getting with you all. We are joined with my sister from another mister you like how i how i make that all happen (laughs) my sister from another mister she's coming from to us from across the border you know where we all might want to go if things really go south with this whole wall and everything up in canada melanie delver good evening sister how are you (laughs) We're
0: your northern neighbors. Yes. We will be building the wall. Oh, yes.
2: Oh, yes. You know, but build a wall after we get in, please. Oh,
0: for sure. Thanks be to God. We will cat doors for you.
2: We really appreciate Canada. You know, my people especially appreciate Canada because we've had to flee to y'all before in the Underground Railroad. So I hope y'all kept the lights on for us.
1: (laughs) We get to settle that trade dispute, by the way. We're going to settle that trade dispute. Soft
2: word. <laughs> but Melanie, y'all, is joining us. She is the new, should I say animator? She is the new animator for racial reconciliation for the Anglican Church of Canada. Melanie, since, since, you know, especially since I'm in Orlando, Florida, the land that Disney made, and everyone is confused about what an animator is, tell me, will you be drawing pictures of race and racism? Or what exactly is the animator for racial reconciliation?
0: Let me tell you if i do draw any cartoons they are not going to help reconciliation (laughs) they are are not going to be what solves racial issues in canada or anywhere else i could tell you that much so animator actually comes from the french word and we are a bilingual country here in canada we actually have many many indigenous languages but officially we're a bilingual country And the word animator comes from the French word animateur, which is to kind of um, bring life into. So -hmm. that's where the word comes from. But of course, uh, we are using the English version because we're the Church of England in Canada. (laughs) And so it turns into reconciliation animator.
2: Yeah, I love that. All right, I, you know, I, I I I love that. I'm looking forward to all of the beautiful pictures that you're gonna draw for us yeah, be in your so work. Pretty. Um, and and, and I'll no, be sure but... to
0: stock up on white crayons. <time>.
2: But we are so delighted to have you join us, um, and, 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 and you all will come to know, I mean, Melanie became, I came across Melanie from my work in the Episcopal Church um, Executive Council, where she was serving as the um, liaison from the Anglican Church of Canada. Those of you may, some of you may not know that the Anglican Church of Canada and us are in full communion, and so um, we have a representative on their council and they have a representative on our council and you know you know we were delighted to 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 have melanie join us and melanie became a fast friend of mine because she's just so awesome so wonderful um and 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 really you know when we talk about allies you know creating safe space for people uh, she really was a safe space for me on council and so i'm kind of mad at her because because she got this job it's all about me y'all you know you know i am you know i know there's a ton of other non-white people that need allyship from 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 white folk but it's all about me myself and i and i needed the allyship of melanie on council but now that she got this job and she's going to be gifting herself to all of y'all i have to lose her in some sense on council and so i had to twist her arm and make her feel all her white guilt to have her come (laughs) on the show tonight so thank you so much for being with us
0: well, because it's all about me, I cried some white tears that I was going to lose you, and Aww. I really appreciate the safe space it, you were for me there.
1: Oh, man, it is man. so much easier, Jabrell, for you to get white friends than for us to get black friends. I mean, you know how much work <laughs> it takes to, like, I, I mean, <laughs> it, there's so few, you know, and, and th- since they've been up in the quotas, right, it used <laughs> to be if you had one, you were, you were good. Like, I, I only needed one and exactly. got to have a few more. Gotta- <laughs> and now it's more and ah, so so no we fun. are happy yeah. to have you. Happy to have Thank you. you. Right, are we let you tell a little bit of your own story to start out. How you came to this work? Um mm. do you mind sharing? I mean we've done, you know, Jabrell knows you from Executive Council and and I know you from Google. So um <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, I, the Google. <laughs> I wonder if you could share just, just you know, briefly kind of how, how you, or not briefly, how you ended up um, at, at this work, how you ended up in this space.
0: Yeah, so it all really boils down to God's incredibly twisted sense of humor. <laughs> uh, incredibly twisted. So I grew up in uh, Manitoba, which uh, is in the middle of Canada, for those of you who don't have the provinces of Canada memorized. Uh, And I grew up in uh, a really small town and just north of the town where I grew up. There is um, a First Nations uh, community settlement and our school bus would start in that community and uh, the indigenous kids would spend an extra hour and a half on the bus and then it would pick us up in rural Manitoba and then we'd go to the nearest town to school and and so I grew up with indigenous kids, but in a really racist family, in a really racist community. Um, McLean's Magazine, which is our like New Yorker or something like that, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. recently did a cover article on Manitoba, Winnipeg, the capital of Manitoba, being the most racist place in Canada. Oh, wow. And so I grew up learning that Indians, uh, which is not a word that we actually use in Canada, um, but is, I know is used Native Americans, Native Indians in the States a little bit, uh, more frequently here. It's akin to, it's not cool. Qu- it doesn't quite have the weight and kind of the, the impact of the N word, but it's getting there.
2: Mm-hmm. But okay. so
0: my family and my community were like, Indians are drunks and they're dirty and they're messy. Their reserves look like crap. Uh, they're stupid so, you know, just try and survive the whole thing, and but just try not to, you know, engage too much. Hmm. And so, know. you know, as a kid, I really learned those lessons really well. And there was a girl named Michelle, uh, who was from St. Clair, from from that community, who I was assigned to sit beside in, in class. And um, f- through a bunch of different kind of paths, she ended up in the kind of the slower learners, um, uh, group and i remember being part of a group of girls who made fun of her about that uh so anyway that's kind of the context of where i was raised and you know when i went off to university i kind of tarted it up tarted up my racism because i knew it wasn't like super <laughs> kosher sorry that's probably not the right word to use but it wasn't super you know pc to call them dirty indians and and so i thought well you know i should be more sympathetic So then I kind of transferred into what I now see as a much more dangerous racism Hmm. um, because it's really insidious and it's pity. So Hmm. I just pitied indigenous people Hmm. like, oh, poor them. They just, they have it bad. And if we, you know, great white, smart, privileged, lovely, lovely white people, particularly lovely white Christians, (laughs) just lend them a helping hand, then they'll be okay. right? Uh, so, sorry, this is going long case. Cut me off. if I need
1: mm-hmm. to cut off.
0: Um, so I get this job as archivist, not the same as anarchist, although my bishop might disagree, <laughs> but, uh, so I become the archivist. So I, am in charge of the historical records of the Anglican church in kind of the Western part of, uh, of Canada. And my first job is to gather records for the Indian residential schools, truth and reconciliation commission in Canada. So this is the Ooh. first, uh, truth and reconciliation and Reconciliation Commission in Canada, Hmm. Uh, and over the course of 150 years, uh, hundreds of thousands of Indigenous kids were taken forcibly from their homes, put in these residential schools. Um, There was rampant uh, abuse, sexual, physical, uh, emotional Hmm. abuse. They weren't allowed to speak their Indigenous languages. Um And more recently, just in the last two years uh it was also uncovered that the government was conducting nutritional experiments on these kids oh, as
2: well nice uh, wonderful Which,
0: you know dr Mangalay's mm. on the phone you know it's it was <laughs> just know, this mercy. moment of, oh my goodness um so my first job was to review all the records that we had in our holdings uh for transfer over to the commission mm. and I just it just devastated me it devastated me um personally it de- uh, devastated me spiritually and also like Canadians we have this self image as really nice people <laughs> really nice people and the world kind of not as much but the world kind of reflects that back to us and you know Canadians are nice and
1: they're polite uh-huh. they're
0: peacekeepers and so we have this image and so this image of my country my like super polite lovely liberal christian but not in a nuts way country is now involved in systemic cultural genocide Mm. so one of the findings of the commission was that cultural genocide was perpetrated against indigenous people in canada so that was the beginning of uh kind of my transformation and it kind of goes from there
2: that's yeah yeah, that's 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 heavy and there's so much more and i appreciate the depth of response to that you know yeah it might have sounded long but that, that depth of response is important for y'all out there um, because I, there were so many things, you know. It, it, when you were talking about that, um, you know, that if we just white, good white people could just help them a little bit, that sense of pity. You know, it's one of the reasons, as a, for instance, that, you know, I completely have a disdain for Uncle Tom's Cabin. Like, everyone loves that book, and I read it, and all I see is this paternalism where it's not that... Yeah white folks really thought that black folks were human but it's that white folks thought that it was beneath their whiteness to be treating creatures in this way and so maybe if we could treat these creatures a little better you know and 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 it's it felt like that's what resonated for me is that is that sort of like what what you saw what you felt what you in that pity space
0: it's not it wasn't a desire to change the system. Right. That's not what it was at all. It was a well, the system kind of blows for you. But look, we can help, you know, <laughs> not, but it wasn't it wasn't a desire to really get at what was underneath. It wasn't a desire for systemic change. And I think that's what really changed along the way.
2: So hmm. you ha- you have this tremendous transformation experience, right? I guess transformative would have been a better word. I'm supposed to be articulate and well spoken. Um...
1: Oh, I definitely <laughs> think you're articulate. I say that to my friends all the time.
2: So you have this transformative experience, and here you are now about to take on your your space as the the, the reconciliation animator for the for the entire church um of canada i know heavy and um as you go into this what would you say is and i know this is gonna be a tough one right you know like how do you choose right but what would you say is the single biggest issue that needs to that the church needs to confront in 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 in, in, in your tenure you
0: know one of the things that um when I was going into the interview for this position, uh you know, I kind of knew you know I know the history, I know a lot of people, I kind of know what different movements are happening, but really, what I was struggling with was trying to figure out kind of the the mo not the motive but the motif for for what I wanted this to be about. And literally, okay. the morning of, I was doing like Jesus we just prayers on the bus, like Jesus, I I don't know, I don't know what I'm gonna say if they ask me like that question, right? Like, Jesus, we just need your help here, like total nine one one prayer. Um, and as I'm walking from the bus stop to to my office, I realize that what I really want to see is reconciliation becoming a spiritual practice in the church, hmm. and that's really what I want to undergird. Um, my approach to this position, that's the thing that Canadian Anglicans are going to get so sick of hearing from me. Because <laughs> I think, you know, we can do initiatives, we can go to marches, we can have programs, and I think that all of those need to happen. Right. But I believe as Christians, as followers of Christ, if we don't have a um a spiritual transformation around this, will just be a social service organization. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and while I think that um, reconciliation as a spiritual practice will manifest in programs and and initiatives and those kinds of things, for me, I, I really think I want to see the church um, take this on in the same way that we uh, claim prayer as a spiritual practice, mm-hmm,
2: study as a right.
0: spiritual practice, fasting, these things. I just believe that reconciliation has to be counted among them.
2: Man, oh man. I, I, I Case cases. Case like his, his mind is churning right now because he always tells me how I always come to reconciliation.
1: <laughs> it's the only sermon he preaches, but you know. Hey. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm, I, I back you up. Back well, you up. And, on see, that. and I and think it's... that they will get sick of me saying it. Sorry, Case,
1: <laughs> No, no. No. He. Uh, Gibral, see, he he's interested in, in systemic, you know, broad change and trying to figure out what maybe what the Episcopal Church can learn from That's our annoying. sisters and brothers in Canada. He, <laughs> he he's got these big ideas, right? And Jeez, I'm I'm over here. Down here I, I, I'm over here still mired in in a very personal kind of white guilt space where I just mm-hmm. I see somebody who's maybe got it all figured out and can give me answers and and i just want i want relief personally so i'm gonna (laughs) gonna let him ask the sort of systemic questions and and i'm gonna get the yeah absolution and and like (laughs) white guilt stuff here so so my 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 thought about that and about hearing your story this transformation is um you know it's so so you're an archivist that that's great right and i have this beautiful picture of like Piles of books and scrolls and <laughs> and in a windowless room, right? So no natural light, you know, all of that stuff, and and there was a lot of good that you did and could do as an archivist that had nothing whatsoever to do with other people or public statements, and yet here you are, I mean, getting ready to step into an even larger role. But you've been preaching and and spreading this this gospel for years now so what what got you from the basement windowless room (laughs) that was still I mean that was a good like oh hey wait a second I'm not supposed to pity people I'm actually supposed to love them and reconcile right Mm -hmm. which is a great space to be in but but you didn't stay just in that personal great space How, how did you get out of that into a broader public engagement
0: Uh, Relationship, mostly. So part of um, the TRC, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, was survivors and former students of residential schools could apply for compensation. So there was a massive uh, pot of money. I mean, massive in my mind, but really when you think of the 80,000 living survivors, it was nothing. But they could apply for financial compensation. But they had to prove that they attended. Now, these kids didn't come out with a report card. They don't have yearbooks. They don't have photographs. They don't have anything. So their their only way of doing this uh, was to get records. Well, where are the records? They're in the government archives, and the government was, I'm going to be generous here, slow uh, <laughs> to to give access to those records and the churches. So when I, at the height of this, I was probably talking to 10 survivors a day. On the phone and without exception, I think there might've been one or two, but without exception, every one of them told me a piece of their story. Um, and those stories were, um, words fail me. They were horrific. They were beautiful. They were devastating. They were triggering. They were, they were all these different things. Um, But through this, I got to know some of them. Like, some of their claims were denied. So they'd come back to me, and I would write an affidavit, say, a legal affidavit saying, This is horseshit. This person, wah, sorry. That is a
2: legal term horseshit.
0: Yes, yeah, (laughs) that is in the (laughs) affidavit. This is BS. This person absolutely, like, if you need me to go on the stand, I will go on the stand about this. And so we built relationships, and I ended up, you know, going up to the reserves and um, sitting down, and it, it was really about relationship. Um, you know, I think I think there was a case. I'm really glad that you brought up the white guilt thing because I think knowing that I had, you know, when I thought about Michelle, this girl from Saint Clair, Manitoba, who I had been involved in bullying you know, certainly, certainly at the beginning, for sure, it was definitely motivated by white guilt, uh, now, and, um, in the last few years, it's really been about relationship and the fact that at the end of the day, this process broke me. I was hospitalized. This broke me. I had a complete breakdown and was hospitalized. Um, and the church, the church wasn't there for me. Um, but who showed up? It was the survivors. Hmm. The survivors Hmm. came, they held me, they gave me Kleenex. And here I'm thinking like, no, 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 don't give me a Kleenex. I'm the bad white person. I
2: don't want the tissue. You know, it was this, it
0: was this huge, like, mind, this mind... Thing where everything kind of got turned around, and all of a sudden the survivors—here I was thinking I was going to save the Indians, and they're saving me.
1: Right.
0: You know. Yeah. And so this is this is Christ, right? This is Amen. Christ showing up. If I don't speak out about the incarnation of Christ in in those relationships, then I can't be a Christian. I I can't.
2: Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's. That's deep, and it's like you know. I don't want to. I don't want to leave the listeners. Or maybe I should. You know. And I should. I should be comfortable in that space. You know. Um, you know, we 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 run from that silent space. You know. And and mm-hmm. and and when you hear when you hear things like that, and you're lost for words, um, I, I I I jumped in because here we are recording a podcast, and you're not supposed <laughs> yeah. to have dead air. And um, really and truly, it was it, it was. It was worthy of a moment of silence, because um, that's that's compelling, that's powerful, so listeners, you know feel free to rewind this about twenty seconds, listen to that again, and then press pause, and then just mm-hmm. sit with that and then unpause it, and you can hear us say all of this stuff again but <laughs> but you know that's that's real, and we talk about that, you know, case and I debate about that and this whole idea of reconciliation, and I think the um indigenous um, the first nations people uh, modeled that for you in the sense that a lot of times the trauma that we've gone through as the oppressed, um, helps us to be more, um, forgiving, more loving, more welcoming yeah. when we see someone else authentically step into that space of trauma, um, yeah. and, and experience that because we know what it's like, you know? And so they knew what it was like, um, to be hospitalized because of what you experienced. Literally, mm-hmm. they knew what it was like. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so of course the, the the natural response for them was to come to you and I, and yeah, I, I imagine that it was that was quite transformative, quite um, convicting, um, and, 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 and encouraging. So I appreciate you you you, you sharing that with with, our, with us and with everyone. Yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah and I think, you know, I wanna push back a little bit against that like i don't think they had to like i really think i was i would have been quite prepared and quite understanding if they'd been like see now you get it Mm -hmm. and just walked away you know like it would have been well within their right and i would have been like yeah this is what i deserve if they had been like well enjoy that hospital stay the food blows kind of like in residential (laughs) school oh wait we didn't really get any you know I, I would have understood if they just said, if they just walked away and they didn't. And that's, I mean, I'm at a loss for words about that. I really am.
2: and But that's the transformative thing. And, and, and Case gets at this in, 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 in his thesis work, actually, you know, when he talks about the, the, the faith of, you know, descendants of slaves and enslaved peoples that, mm-hmm. that compelled them to carry over and you know the titling his work you know there's something that carries over here there's something that's salvific that's transformative for the oppressor um and for the descendants of the oppressor like if 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 the majority population if white folks could find themselves in a space whether it's by the grace of God that convicted you and humbled you and brought you to that space, or whether it's just that, that pursuit of the divine that, that compels you to willingly knowingly walk headlong into that space that once you get into that space, whether it's the indigenous folks, whether it's the, uh, the blacks, whether it's, you know, whatever range of oppression or, or oppressed people and their faith that held them together, there's something there that's salvific for the whole that that animates the larger church, you know? Totally.
0: And the faith in First Nations community is, you know, a testament to uh, just something really, really, really amazing. Like, I have never seen more faithful Anglicans than I have seen in Indigenous communities. It is incredible. And uh, certainly in the last, you know, couple decades, the integration of Indigenous practice and Indigenous ways of being and knowing uh, with the Anglican liturgy, with with uh, Christian faith. I mean, I'm so inspired. And it, I really believe one of the issues that's coming up in, in Canada is indigenous self-determination within the church. Okay. So indigenous people being not just allowed to, but uh, indigenous self-determination being something that adds to the whole church. And I am so excited. I'm so excited because I really think... It, it's 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 gonna be oh the witness of Christ to all of us
1: amen amen i um i mean wow, again, just we'll just keep saying that uh, a bunch <laughs> of times and and part of that that transformation that you mentioned um mm-hmm. and the going public the the transformation the 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 incarnation that demanded a public faith on your part and a public being, um, and not just you sort of staying, staying within yourself in a sense, right? That relationship and incarnation that drew you out. I, I wonder about, uh, if I've seen it in, in some of your writings and some of your preaching that I've, that I've seen, um such a good i noticed... <laughs> <laughs> safeguarding <laughs> this, this is the only thing i bring i like I, I can't be like cool or like you know hip i don't have like i don't have a pressure to share so <laughs> i just i gotta do the academic work like you know i i tell Jabrell I, I just get him to take it off my tab you know my, my nice. reparations <laughs> tab, is, you know Your a couple extra have. hours overtime. yeah yeah um so I as I was reading some of the stuff I noticed it, as you introduce yourself um you introduce yourself uh I've not seen you uh, well I've seen you introduce yourself very clearly with um and I don't know how to pronounce it but that I am from and we are standing on ground that is that was stolen from these first nation peoples and and I witness to you know and their witness here and and um even another step in that public transformation, one particularly scary to me, because I don't introduce myself that way. Like I just say (laughs) I'm from Virginia, right? And I'm not, I'm actually from California, right? So I don't even say that. But, you know, I say I'm from all St. Sharon Chapel, right? I don't say I'm the rector of all St. Sharon Chapel, uh, you know, a church that was built on land donated by, uh, you know, white plantation owners who used enslaved peoples to, uh, you know, I didn't go to Virginia Theological Seminary, the seminary that was built by enslaved labor, you know, I don't make that, you know. I think of myself as kind of a public. I, hey, I'm out there doing the reconciliation, <laughs> standing up for racial works. justice. <laughs> here I am. I'm, I'm showing up for racial justice. Right. I'm doing all this stuff. I ain't doing it like that. I ain't doing <laughs> it like. Doing it. Um. And well, I'm curious if you want to talk more about that that transformation that maybe got you to that very public and then some space.
0: Yeah, it's actually an indigenous practice when you introduce yourself to say who your family are and what where you're from. So. Uh, indigenous spirituality uh, cannot be, and truly Indigenous people cannot be excised from the relationship with the, the land. land right. So it's certainly something that uh, I have learned from uh, my Indigenous elders. Uh, and what's unique about where I live in Vancouver, so I live in Vancouver, which is on uh, land stolen from the Coast Salish people, uh, Musqueam, Squamish, and tsleil people. And uh, in other parts of Canada, there's treaty land. So I grew up on Treaty 4 territory. And those are numbered treaties that happened, you know, around Confederation. But in B.C., on the West Coast, treaties never happened. So literally... The land was stolen. There was no relationship built. There was no agreement in place about what was going to happen. The land was stolen. So the first time I actually said that was uh, I was asked to preach at the cathedral. (laughs) And uh, typically in the white settler church in Canada, people have started to do this. uh, And as part of their services, they will say we are worshiping on the unceded territories of the Coast Salish people. And I thought. What the hell does unseated actually mean? I had never heard this word. What does this even mean? <laughs> so, you know, I go to my handy-dandy, uh, you know, Webster's. Uh, no, it wasn't the web. Whatever, Oxford, you know, we're
2: yeah, mm-hmm. British Oxford yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh And unseated means stolen. And I thought, well, isn't it just like the white church to not actually want to <laughs> say the word stolen? So what kind of, like, tarted-up word can we find to, to kind of cover what this really means. So I got up at the cathedral and I said, we are worshiping on land stolen from the Salish peoples. And that was the first time that those words had passed my lips. And I heard about it. I heard about it. Um, you know, people were fine with people getting up and saying unseated. But when mm. I said stolen, something happened. And even for me, even for me, mm. because I think to myself, what does it mean Um if I steal something, I have to give it back. Hmm. So when you talk about that fear case, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, um, I feel okay about it. I think it's all going to be fine. No, like when I steal something, I give it back. or I, I, There's a reparation, right? So right. what does this mean? Like my parents are Belgian immigrants. Am I going to be on the next cruise ship to Belgium? Like, <laughs> but we have to ask ourselves these questions. If we are serious about reconciliation, we have stolen something. And we have stolen one of the most important things to indigenous culture. There's language, there's culture, and there's land. And we stole that. So what does it mean? Uh, to be in a place of reconciliation when we've stolen one of the most important things. One of our clergy, who I have a lot of respect for, um, really wanted to get serious about this. And he called me and he said, look, our church is uh, on the confluence of five nations, five First Nations. He said, what I'd like to do is I'd like to go around to all of the nations and uh, take a piece of paper that basically says that they, they could sign that says, you know, we're cool with your church being here. And I said, you know, I'm really excited that you know, first of all, whose land you're on, because a lot of our clergy have no idea whose land they're on. Uh, so I'm super excited that you know. I'm super excited that you know what all of those five nations are called. And so I said, um, so, Father, what are you going to do when they say no or right. if they say no? I said, are you going to take the title, the land title for your church property with you and give it back Right. if they say no? And speaking of awkward silences. <laughs> <laughs> that was an awkward side, but I think there is an assumption that you know, well, they'd be okay if we stayed, right? And so, what does it look like? Sort of talking a lot. I right. can go on forever. Cut me off.
2: No, that's that's no, real. No. You know, the the you know, sitting here as the black man, right? And you know, Melanie, we've we Melanie and I have talked about this. The, you know, the the, the, the difference between. The similarities and the difference between the relationship in Canada between indigenous First Nations and and, and whites, um, you know, and and the relationship in America between um, whites and um, blacks, defenders of slaves. Um, You know, indigenous here get overlooked 100%. I mean, Standing Rock kind of made us remember that we have Native Americans here as well. But, you know, other than that, people... You know people mistake them for hispanics all the time um, yeah. but um you know to 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 talk about that you know when you say because that when with the native peoples here as well the same thing is true you know the, the the land the land the land you know and you you cannot separate us from the land you can, spiritually physically mentally emotionally economically everything is tied to the land um, that's why they didn't they didn't own land. That's why they were so generous with letting white folks come on the land because you know it's land. Um, but when you talk about you know stealing something as vital as land, and I think about my own social location where what you know the American whites stole was people from the land. Yeah. You know, like when you think about that juxtaposition, what what is that? Yeah what insights do you glean there from your from your experience and 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 from that experience
0: Whew. you know you've been such a gift to me jabril in terms of starting to and really just scratching the surface of understanding um the racial issues in the states um, of course, there are black people in Canada. Of course, you know, there are Chinese immigrants, there are Syrian refugees, there are, um, it just so happens that in, in my reconciliation work, it's with indigenous people. But there's, there's just, um, I, it, it's the soul, right? It's the soul of, uh, of a people that is, um, I'm not going to say stolen, because I don't think the soul... Ever was removed but there's a soul wounding uh, that I think is is a common denominator here it's it's a it's a an effort to destroy souls So, you know, whether it's taking land from people, whether it's taking people from land and putting it on the land of somebody else, (laughs) you know, it's just like completely blows my mind, right? Like, we're going to steal from these people and force these people to work the land that we've stolen from these people.
2: (laughs) The ultimate hustle.
0: Yeah, wow, like. Just, there's this uh, there's this great podcast that I listen to called Hardcore Histories, and this this guy did the entire blog or podcast on are white people especially evil? Like, like is there just like is there something about white people that's especially evil? And I just sometimes I think to myself, well, yeah, like, <laughs> like, like, look at clearly, <laughs> clearly, uh, but yeah, I really appreciate how you have helped me to see some of the similarities, some of the differences. Um, and the fact that the soul wounding is the same, the manifestations, how that manifests in the world might be different. Um, but the effort to the cultural genocide, the soul genocide of a people or the effort to do that, uh, it, it is a similar, a similar, uh, tactic, I guess, because really, hmm. I mean, what I love about the story, uh, I mean, some of the stories that I have heard, and and really, again, I'm just scratching the surface of my knowledge about this, is a similar um, way of using using white spirituality to uh, usurp the power or take back some power. So there's a lot of work being done right now about indigenous hymn singing Hmm. and how hymn singing uh, was actually used to... To uh, take back power, and as a way of 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 standing up against, uh, and so those are kind of uh, just the, the and this is where I see Christ at work again. Um, a lot of people say to me, "How can you still believe in God after everything you've seen?" I mean, I've seen the photographs of these yeah. kids in the schools having these nutritional experiments, like most Canadians will never clap eyes on these. They, they will never be open. Well, maybe someday, but I've read the, the principals' reports about where he hid the bodies. Mm. I mean, how do I believe in God after this? It's in the, um, the refusal of the soul um, to be killed, mm-hmm. uh, the refusal of Christ to stay in the tomb. Amen. You know the yeah. refusal mm. Mm. of God to allow that to be the end of the story.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, so, oh, so many ways to flee from what you've just said. I'm trying to pick one <laughs> that you know I that will that will get me squirrel. Yeah, get me back to my, to my white safety. Uh, you know. And I I am reminded, right, I'm going to we're going to cut this call off and I'm going to go back to my, you know, my lily white existence. And so so I'm both I'm fighting both to flee and to stay. And and one of the places for me uh, of tension that allows me both to flee and to stay in these moments is um, uh, the the question of of repentance. Right. So we've talked uh, a lot about reconciliation. And one of the things that Jabrell and I have struggled with in our own context, in my in my diocese and um the diocese of virginia has uh uh the diocese came over with jamestown and the and the founding of of all of that initial right i mean we were here um it is is this re- this reconciliation that we so often kind of peddle in the church that is like okay we'll
2: kumbaya, all just move forward right? we'll all go forward
1: from here yeah we're gonna hold hands we're gonna kumbaya our way through this because everything's going to be better going forward and like well we, nobody said i'm sorry for jack so right we, you know and and we're talking about wounding a soul yeah. you know and 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 what is what is repentance look like i mean is it, it do we all need to go with our land titles and just hand them back uh you know would, would that do it um start over. So, I mean, what, what is repentance when you're talking about soul wounds and, and nothing I could ever pay, uh, you know, we'll cover it. So I just won't try, uh, is kind of the tack I guess we get a lot, but I, do, do you have a sense of what repentance as a, as a condition of, of reconciliation or as part of reconciliation work looks like in that, in that context?
0: You know, the only thing that comes to mind is, uh, uh, refusing to, yeah, shy away from the story. So one of the gifts of um, the TRC is uh, we were forced. We were forced. I preached on reconciliation using the story of Lazarus. Um, and I said, you know, the the story of Lazarus kind of reminds me of the church in the TRC in that Lazarus didn't really get a choice about coming back. You know, Jesus was just like, come out. And maybe Lazarus <laughs> was cozy. Like, maybe choice so here he is standing out there in his rows probably stinking and not looking his best everyone's like "Yay!" <laughs> like i always wonder how lazarus felt and so i think one of the things about the trc is we were forced into the light of day we were forced to come out of the tomb and part of that um part of that was listening to the stories. So one of the differences between the TRC here and in a place like South Africa, for example, Mm -hmm. is, uh, the story, there was no, um, it was very much about hearing the story of indigenous people. Some, you know, former staff and whatnot were interviewed, but it was really, it was about hearing the truth, hearing the truth of indigenous experience and not coming back with our yeah, but you this know I was a mean. teacher in the school, and you know I did a really good job, yes, there were great teachers in the schools, yes, some kids had a good experience, but for me, repentance came in shutting the hell up hmm. uh and listening to hmm. someone's story and resisting the immense urge to uh, you know to apologize to say. To say that I'm so sorry, oh my goodness, what can I do? You know, in those stories, that would have been insulting. For me to say I'm sorry would have just been insulting. So for me, repentance was refusing the urge to try and put a Band-Aid on it. You know, and in the church, we were forced to do that. There were, I mean, we had national and regional events. And for 9, 10, 11 hours church officials would sit and listen to these stories of survivors. Um, And the survivor could decide if they wanted a response Hmm. from the church. So if they wanted an apology, they could have it and there was somebody there. But part of the power, uh, part of giving back the power or part of uh, survivors taking back their power was in being allowed to say, no, I don't want your story. I want you just to listen. Uh, so for me, it's it, it's in sitting and keeping my yap shut because I really <laughs> wanted to put a Band-Aid on it. <clears throat> I don't know what it means in terms of the land. I don't know what it means. Okay, certainly, God knows, I don't have answers, which is part of what terrifies me about taking on this new role. Like, people are going to ask me, but what do we do? <laughs> and my only answer is, it's it's transformational work. What you do is going to be contextual. I don't know what your context is. Um, I, I don't have the answers, and that's terrifying. Because you know, as an educated, I have two degrees. I'm an educated white woman. God, I should <laughs> have the
1: answers, right, Gabriel? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> Privilege, right there.
0: What the hell? Yeah. It's it's terrifying. But yeah, wow. I, I yeah resisting the apology. Although all of the churches, <laughs> with the exception of one. Uh, did issue kind of formal apologies.
2: There's always one. There's always one. <laughs> and
0: actually, the apology of the Anglican Church of Canada was was really moving, and was done against legal advice the the lawyers because we were going into litigation. They were saying, "Don't do it. It's an admission of guilt." And they did it anyway, and it was good for them. Great. But, yeah. Amen. Good, man.
1: Yeah.
2: good yeah, for them. Yeah. You know that that, <laughs> that won't happen in America. In America, we got to distance ourselves as much as possible from any sort of legal liability and placate you with Jesus language so that we can say that we're holding true to our calling for our baptismal covenant. Uh, But in the meantime, you know, I remember when they did the service of repentance for the slavery, rather than doing it in the the National Cathedral, they tucked it away in, 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 in the historic black church. Uh, African Episcopal Church of St. Thomas in Philadelphia. Why? Because they said it would have cost too much to use the National Cathedral. <laughs> You're doing a service no. for repentance and it's going to cost too much. It's
1: going to cost too much. <laughs>
0: yes. Oh, man. Oh, that made what? me dry like a I should little be bit.
1: Tearing my robe. What more What more testimonies do yes. we need? Right?
0: Sackcloth and ashes on that one. Yeah, Yeah, but I think, I mean, there is a, am I still here? and I think i said mm. this at, at tech, at the, at the executive council, there is, there's a temptation in Canada and for me as well, like Satan whispers in my ear, there's a temptation for us to feel smug about it, you know, like look how great we're doing, you know, look at the Americans, they can't get their poop in a group, <laughs> but look at us, you know, we're doing a great job. And I think the danger about this Canadian self-identity in in politeness and kindness and look how great we're doing is to overlook the millions of microaggressions and the way that our politeness glosses over our just blatant, well, not blatant, but just toxic racism, Mm.
2: toxic racism. Mm.
0: So I need to check my smugness at the door quite often.
2: Amen, amen. Humility is, is the mother of the
1: virtues.
0: Um, rough. Right. Rough. Uh, I,
1: uh, <laughs> I wanted yeah. to, to shift gears a little bit, if if I may, if I may. I'm I'm, I'm cautious, you know, stepping in and and taking charge. Of <laughs> yeah, a, a even this this space, know, space is too heavy even hard, for a white you
2: know. male. <laughs> Ooh.
1: Um, so would you just you know, subtle shift here, a little little grasp, a little power, a little white male privilege. Um, if I may, um, <laughs> point of order.
0: Uh, I bow to your authority. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh you know you have you have shared so personally and so deeply um and and there's so much more and maybe that's the 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 gift and the joy of relationship and and if you're willing um you've spoken publicly before uh, about particular relationships that have developed and and now your um your life as an adopted uh member of a new family yeah. um and that, I mean, you talk about relationship and reconciliation. Um, I, I want to ask you about yours because, again, because it's all, you know, I've got personal interest <laughs> here. Thank <About> you. Uh, <laughs> it's about me. I want to mine some more wisdom and knowledge because I find myself um, in, in a situation that has some parallels that I'll share, I'll share about after, uh, after we hear from you, if that's all right.
0: Cool. Oh, Good. Reciprocal Sharon. <laughs> yeah. So this happened. This is so funny because uh, it happened and I didn't actually realize it until later. Um, so I've, I've been spiritually adopted into a first nations family, uh, into the Inklikatma first nation. Um, uh, well, it's the grizzly clan of the Litton band of the Inklikatma first nation. Uh, and again, God has a sense of humor and it is <laughs> twisted. Uh, this uh, survivor, so my father, Coyote, uh, Terry Alec, was the first survivor in Canada to sue the church. Oh, wow. So Ooh. here's the first residential school survivor, and he bankrupted a diocese. Oh, like,
2: wow. That,
0: not not single-handedly, but you know, between the lawyer's fees and this litigation, one of our dioceses no longer exists.
2: Wow. Hey, that's powerful. And
0: so, yeah,
1: right? <laughs> like,
0: and this was what made the entire country go, holy Mary, mother of pearl, because, (laughs) okay, there's 80,000 more of, of these potential litigation cases. So, so Terry and his wife, Christine, um, spiritually adopted me into the clan and uh it happened in a a sharing circle and what happens in sharing circles is um is held in in the circle so i can't say much about what happened there but i can Mm -hmm. say that i came away not actually realizing that it had happened (laughs)
1: uh and
0: one of the one of the uh uh, other people was there this great Cree guy named brander he was like you know what just happened right I was like, "Yeah, they were super nice, and they really like me." <laughs> Something like that. Like, if people could just see how blonde I am, they would get why that's funny. <laughs> like, totally. I, I am as blonde as they get, so I totally it totally went over my head, uh, and I didn't really get it. Even once they it was explained to me, I didn't I didn't get that this was not a um, "We really like you, uh, welcome to our family." Uh, this is a, this is a spiritual adoption in the way that Jesus talks about, um, uh, twigs being grafted into trees. Mm, Like mm, this is not mm. taping the twig to the tree. This is grafting it on. And I didn't really get it until I was with one of my, my, uh, grizzly clan sisters. Uh, we look nothing alike. (laughs) Uh, and we met up with one of her friends and she said, oh, this is my sister, Melanie. And she didn't feel the need to clarify that whatsoever. Uh And we just went along and I just thought, you know, I probably would have been like, you know, and so it's different parents, but there was a spiritual, she was just like, no, this is, this is family. So when there's a family dinner, you know, it's not, it's like if your mom was like, come home for dinner, right? You're not like, <laughs> oh, no, it's okay. It's probably just for family. No, I'm going to, I'm going to be there. And watching, um, watching them interact watching the way the world interacts with them uh has has been part of that transformation the fact that um you know i can get a great apartment in vancouver uh my sisters have a a much harder time Hmm. um uh yeah it's 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 been transformative in fact this coming weekend i'm going. going up the coast, going to, to be with them because we're going to go into ceremony. We're going to have a sweat ceremony, uh, and perhaps a pipe ceremony as well, uh, in order for them to commission me to this work. And so even though oh, wonderful. I am, my bills are paid by the organization that, um, abused and destroyed the life of Coyote, we are family again. Uh, how does how can Christ possibly show up more 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 obviously if I don't speak to that? Who am I as a Christian?
2: I mean, it's,
1: I mean,
0: it's incredible. It's incredible.
1: Um, thank you. Um oof. The, I, and so much about that that I appreciate so so much. Um not least of which is the part where you didn't get it. And, you know, <laughs> really You're so and, slow. Yes. Yeah. We well, so slow? Uh, slow. Slow, yeah, slow on an uptake, and, and I I feel like I've been in that space. Like I <laughs> like I I totally don't appreciate what's going on around me. Like yeah. I I don't yeah. I do not get what this is costing uh, other people, and and the generosity that that is being poured out. Um, the the, and pardon the word if I use the word parallel or the the place of resonance with me, the place of resonance, um is it um, uh, i now have a little baby goddaughter um, uh, a little a little lioness um, uh, no in, in, in my I'm life yes I be yeah <gasps> um, no little little, I little girl Makeda, <gasps> you have um, she she is my goddaughter and um oh, I'm gonna i need to get, I get will all white teary uh, here yeah. <laughs> um, and And so many times I'm like, I, you know, I totally don't get this. Like, I I don't, I don't get what just happened. Like, I don't, I don't, there's no way that I understand the depth of, of what I've been invited into and what has been given and gifted to me. And I love that deep connection you have with, with gospel and incarnation, right? If, if Christ, Christ isn't there, then he's not anywhere. Like, of course, in the midst of this. And, um, and for me, I mean, one of the things that I have encountered in that, in that situation is... Is just this deep fear and anxiety of like I I am gonna fail that baby girl. Yeah. Um, now Jabrell was kind enough to point out to me the other day <laughs> that I already have and I do daily, <laughs> at <different> levels, right? <laughs> Which is totally true, right? I mean, every time I let something go, right? Every time I choose to 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 walk in my white privilege and and to just live in my white world and and not and not make the world a better place for her. You know, I I've failed her in in some respects, and and uh, and and that's so hard. And I and I just got I've got this fear of like how, you know, I, I've already I already don't get it, and now not only do I not get it, like I'm failing at it, I'm failing yeah. at that which I don't get. Um, and I I just wonder if if um, what <laughs> one more white man throwing himself at the feet of the black man and the white woman? Somebody <laughs> oh. teach me right. Somebody- <laughs> <laughs> please, please help me because I can't help myself. Like, I, if you're willing to to h- help help me or help us, help our listeners, help somebody, be like, how do I how do I address that fear? Like, how do you, do is that something that, that you resonate with? Have have you experienced that? How have you dealt with that?
0: Yeah. yeah, and and for me, it's hard to find the line between the fear and guilt. So mm. when my sister can't rent an apartment and I can. Um, part of that is the guilt, but part of that is also the fear of, of losing them. Mm. I mean, indigenous Mm. women in Canada, uh, we have an inquiry into missing and murdered indigenous women in Canada. Mm. It's a national inquiry because there's a national crisis. Indigenous women are being murdered and going missing at the highest rate of any population in Canada. I have two indigenous sisters. I am terrified I'm terrified. I have two nephews, indigenous nephews. Um, I am terrified of what they're going to grow into. And I'm terrified that I'm not, that I'm not doing enough, you know, and that's where the guilt comes Mm -hmm. in. And that's kind of what I hear case a little bit. Am I doing enough? Am I, I, I don't, I think this might sound really trite, but one of the antidotes to that fear for me is prayer. I don't I don't have an answer um, I know that I need to speak um, I know that I need to make the next right decision, however small that is you know am I really gonna stand by while somebody makes a TP joke, for example, or a drunk Indian joke you know the microaggressions, the macroaggressions right. Um, right. but in terms of the fear, The only antidote I know to fear is prayer. Jabril, what have you got?
2: Yeah. I, I, you know, I say love, you know, we Mm. love more. Um, Mm. You know, when you talk about case, when you talk about that fear of failing my my daughter, Makeda, you know, um, that's a fear I live with every day as a black man, Mm. you know, as a father, first and foremost, you know, but then, you know, as a black man, uh, that's a father of a black boy, that's the father of a black girl, um, you know. You add that to the fears of just raising your child. You know, like normal normal raising child is enough stress, enough fear. You know, what could go wrong? You know what I mean? Did I break it? Mm-hmm. Did I? You know <laughs> what I happened here? It? You know. <laughs> um, but then you add the fear of if I don't get it right as a father, my child, as turning thirteen, could be arrested and tried as an adult and could be gone if i don't get it right my daughter you know you have that extra fear because of that love that that fatherly love like you know not only do i have to get right just so that she and he can grow but i have to get right so that she and he don't get killed out there or don't get oppressed out there when when i am no longer able to protect them when i'm no longer able to um advocate for them so on and so forth um and so you know when i hear that it's, i think you know we like it's 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 kind of like what we were talking about earlier in terms of worrying you know people always want to know what can i do what can i do what can i do mm-hmm. and a lot of the times the response is you know who can you be who will you be mm-hmm. um because once we be the doing will come out of out of who we are um and once once we once you know that prayer and that love joins together and 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 we love more. Um, you know, I, I, I believe, you know, the 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 most racist person out there in the world, um, if by some chance had to love the other like love, like found themselves in a place where they were loving the other. I don't see how they could continue in their racism whether that be publicly policy um you know the microaggressions the macroaggressions whether that be you know the jokes or whatever you know like you take you take you take the most racist old white man right and have his grandson marry a black woman and they have a little black baby and he's now got to love his little black great-granddaughter or, or something like that you know, eventually them Confederate flags going to come down that 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 white sheet with the holes in it going to get burned. Um, it's going to have to if you really love that child. So that's that, that that would be my my state, you know, and then when we come back to what Melanie was saying before about relationship. You know, when we move from guilt to relationship and we have authentic relationships, one with another, um, love covers a multitude of wrongs. It doesn't mean that we forget the wrong, that the wrong never happened, that, you know, kumbaya, we just move on. But there's love there. And because there's love there, like you said, even though, Melanie, you are being paid by the organization, by the evil empire, you know, <laughs> the dark side. you know, because of relationship, because of love, they're more than happy to trust you with the knife, while they turn their back.
1: Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. I appreciate
2: yeah. it. Yeah, definitely. You know, this is, you know, it's. I think it would be interesting for those of you out there to give us your stories as well. I mean, this has been so powerful, just wanna pay it forward, right? And just, you know, hear what resonates with you where do you find um points of resonance where do you find your own parallels um we've tried our best in this time that we spent together to to animate um some 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 stories of reconciliation some stories of hope some some stories of love and and hopefully um have shared vulnerably enough where you can recognize that vulnerability and understand that 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 place of vulnerability is the place where we need to get to if we're if if we are to to be the children of God that we are called to be. Uh, so, you know, I I think we we would love to hear from you. You know, uh, you join us in the Facebook group if you go to com slash racial heresy hyphen face hyphen fb. And that's a lot, but the white man is slow, y'all um i've been trying to get the white man to update the website and you know he's he's he, i've been dragging him kicking and screaming for years Gradulism. on this it, it's,
1: it's and, my you know this, this you know I, feel,
2: <laughs> I i feel like i feel like dr king in a birmingham jail writing him a letter talking about this sin of gradualism so you know racialheresy.com is our website but right now the website isn't equipped to to add all of the other features and so on and so forth and so i'm 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 adding to his white guilt y'all
1: so you know feel free to
2: be
1: be patient with the progress we've made be patient with what i've given you so far thank you (laughs) Um... mr
2: white man um but as as we do as as us oppressed people do, we find other ways to get around the white man's slowness hey. so you know if you go to to my site jawbread dot com j a h bread like you eat jaw like rastafari bread like what you eat dot com slash racial heresy hyphen f b for facebook jawbread.com slash racial heresy hyphen f b um that'll get you to you know to, to, to the Facebook group now we put up a little application there because this is this is a sacred space and and and, 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 and it's almost like that sharing circle it's, and, and, it, and it's damn sure like Vegas like what what happens there stays there. so we want to make sure that everyone who is in the Facebook group, um, is committed to keeping safe space. Uh, so that's why we ask you to submit an application. So jobbread.com slash racial heresy hyphen FB. But we really want to know from you what your thoughts, what your moments of resonance are. Um, you know, this this ended up kind of long, um, I'm glad it ended up kind of long, you know, because it was powerful. Really appreciate you, Melanie. Um, love you, you know, so much. Glad welcome, you. welcome you to the family. I said, I, I told Case, and now Case understands why you you swiftly became my sister, and um, <laughs> you know.
0: Well, I'm so grateful. I mean, when you messaged me and said there's something I have to ask you, I was like, oh, is he gonna ask? Is he gonna ask? Is he gonna ask? <laughs> because I feel like I'm now like. This is my big moment of fame, like to be on <laughs> racial heresy. Like it's all downhill from I here. Wanna, then. I want to be like you know, at CNN they have like international correspondents. I want to be like the racial heresy international correspondent.
2: Hey, we like that. Yeah, Canadian correspondent <laughs> reporting from the Canadian church. <laughs> reporting, Jabril has made it through the
0: cat door into Canada.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> Thank Ooh. you so much.
2: So. We appreciate you very much for 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 coming on, for joining, for sharing with us so openly, and inviting everyone into a deeper relationship, um, uh, with themselves and with God and with those around them, uh, so that we all can, you know, turn take these racial doctrines that we that we just accept and turn them upside down as racial heretics. So we appreciate you all. I I I, I better let the white man say something before I sign off. So, Mr. White man, what you have to say?
1: I, you know, I was just going to build on on what what you did. It's kind of like you know that's you woogie, woogie jazz. I'm just going to take what you said and 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 gentrify it, um, which another of my birthrights right there. Uh, I I love that. I love the 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 resonance that I didn't get until this moment. Right, slow so on the uptake. Right, um, <laughs> sister, you were talking about reconciliation as a spiritual practice, and um, we talk here at Racial Heresy about becoming racial heretics. Right, With right. The, and that that is that that becoming. And I, I've just now got that. Ooh. Uh, Thanks that be connection. to God. Uh, there, oh. that, that, that's how, you know, there is taught. a God <laughs> and when a white man uh, gets it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, yeah. So I love that. And I appreciate that. And I thank you for bringing that in, in new words and, and new visions to us here. Um, you know, reconciliation as a spiritual practice, becoming a, a racial heretic. Amen. Thank you.
2: Amen. So, brothers and sisters, we appreciate you spending this time with us. We look forward to your thoughts, to your comments, to your questions, to your concerns. Um, chime in again at the Facebook group jobbread.com. You know, if you need to help spell in ja, then you know, just look up Bob Marley. Everybody knows Bob Marley. Jobbread.com/slash racial heresy-fb. Until next time, I'm Father Jabril, and I'm Father Case imploring you to risk it all and exercise whatever power and privilege you have to become a racial heretic. And now here it is, your moment of sin.
1: MSNBC is here tonight. It's hard to trust you guys when you send us so many mixed messages. On one hand, you tell us the prison industrial complex is the problem, and then you air five straight hours of lockup. You can't be mad at corporations profiting off of minorities in prison When you're a corporation profiting off of minorities in prison. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Racial Heresy. Be sure
0: to visit our website, racialheresy.com, to post your questions, comments, and feedback, and to share your own stories of life as a racial heretic. Want to hear more? You can find past episodes of Racial Heresy on iTunes and the Racial Heresy website. Want to hear even more? Invite Racial Heresy to speak at your conference, council, church, training, or event. Email us at ebonyandivory at racialheresy.com or visit our website for information on speaking engagements.